We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, episode 189, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and sponsored betonline.ag. It's Unmissable Opinions, brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. I'm in Hilton, and joining me, as always, is Frances Tomas, before we get to some special guests later. But again, for now, it's just Frances and I. How's it going? Hola, Gules. Um, Now, going well, going well. Um, As I've been saying for the last five weeks, a little bit boring. Uh, Being at home is not... You know, it is good from a family perspective, but, you know, it is about time that, that this nightmare passed and uh, we can actually go back to normal life. Um, I know the podcast is listened to around the world, so I don't know what part of the curve you're in. But, you know, if you're at the peak, I'm really sorry about what's going on and hopefully better times are coming. If the peak is gone, then congrats. Um, hopefully you're closer to, to normal life. And uh, if it hasn't really hit you where you are, just be very mindful, be very careful, and obviously take advice and an example from what's happened around the world to see what's coming. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. Yeah, this week, one of our listeners whose name, I, I, I'm not going to say whether or not he wants it to be real or not, but he lost his wife this week. And I really, for those who know who he is, listen to our podcast. We've always appreciated his support. But if you know who I'm talking about, give your love, give your support on Twitter, on social media, because these are people that you know now. And yeah, it's certainly certainly a nightmare situation, Frances, for sure. So uh, with all that said, we have avoided talking about current events ever since football stopped because we don't know what kind of money clubs will be working with, what the transfer window will look like. And it also always feels a little tone deaf while so much related to the pandemic was unknown, still is unknown. We still don't know much of anything, but as a club and media has begun to respond to certain things, we figured we should too, just because the club is starting to have conversations about certain players and the, the funds that are going to be available for those players. So that's why today it's just Frances and I, before we get to our special guests, we're going to be trying to figure out what we would be willing to give up for Latoro Martinez. And I say this because 111 million euros 
is the release clause that goes, it seems like goes into effect in July because the player has a contract till 2023 and Inter Milan really has no reason to sell. So they might ask for that price of 111 million euros, but they also might be lacking funds for their own transfer activity that they're going to need help with. So we're not sure where we're going to be on that side. But with the standard that the market may have, Bartomeu and the media have both said that transfer swaps and a movement of players could make the transfer market look different and much different because of players in a way that players usually don't move and get swapped for one another. You see it occasionally. And I think it's, Frances always mentioned in the media that players could be swapped, but those swap deals almost, I mean, very, very, very rarely do they occur where you have one player going one way for another because weekly wages and, and transfer money and all the different things involved usually doesn't happen. But Frances, I guess the question we start with here is who or what is your price for Lautaro Martinez? Well, the, the price is 111 million euros, as the Inter president has pretty much um, made very clear. Um, about what you mentioned about the swaps, the last one I really remember that was significant was uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Samuel Eto'o, I think it was around 2009-2010. And uh, there was a lot of money put on top of that, um, so that we gave up Samuel Eto'o and paid an insane amount of money to get Zlatan. And then, you know, within a year, a year and a bit, he was on his way out. Um, so... This situation is different. I mean, from what I'm reading in the Catalan media and listening to in the Catalan radio, um, it seems to be all about secondary players uh, from the Barca perspective mm -hmm. that could go to Inter. Um, the latest that I've read today is that it seems to be Nelson Semedo and Carla Salagna seem to be the two that Inter would be interested in. I mean, traditionally, over the last three, four months, Arturo Vidal and Ivan Rakitic have been included in the conversation, but it really does look like Rakitic wants to go back to Sevilla. We signed him from Sevilla around five, six years ago now, paying 21 million euros. So that seems to be the fee that Sevilla prepared to pay us to get him back. As I, as I wrote in the Facebook group the other day, I think it is fair that considering everything Rakitic has given to the club over the years, especially in his first one and two years, I think it's fair that he goes back to Sevilla if that's his wish for the same amount. I think that that's good business in, from our perspective. Arturo Vidal has a lot of suitors all around the world, really, particularly from Italy. But obviously, and I think we're going to be talking about this a lot more in coming weeks, um, with the Saudi takeover from Newcastle, there is a chance that Arturo Vidal actually ends up in the Premier League and obviously Northern England with Newcastle United. Obviously, that's still a developing story, but I've heard a couple of things coming from there as well. So I think Arturo Vidal, given his, uh, given his name, you know, given his pedigree and given his experience, it is, there is more of a chance that he's got more suitors than the other two. Nelson Semedo and Carla Salagna, obviously, they're not key players at Barca. I mean, Carla Salagna has gone up on loan. Uh, I do, uh, to Betis, I do understand that Setien wants him back. And Setien was very clear in an interview this week that he wouldn't have allowed him to go um, if it was up to him. But obviously the player, after, you know, having been promised by Valverde time and time and time and time and time again, he was going to be important and then featuring in two, three games um, over the last 20, 25. Then obviously the guy just, just wanted out. Um, Setien's arrival could have changed that, but obviously, you know, we cannot really live life on what ifs. And, uh, you know, guess what's happened? You know, the, pandemics, the pandemic has changed everything around the world and he's only played two, three games and at Betis and, you know, the, the season could potentially be over. Um, so Alanya could actually return to Barca having only played three or four matches away from the Camp Nou um, if he wanted. I'm, I'm pretty sure Betis will want another loan, another season. 
But if he's going to be shipped to to Inter to get Lautaro back, I think that that probably would be a good deal for us. Um, you know, I, I don't like giving away La Masia talent, and obviously, the latest La Masia talent that could make the first team and the, the most sort of safe option together with Ricky Puch, which to be honest, he's done next to nothing at first team level yet. Seems to be Carlos Araña, but you know the situation in the last two months uh, with this pandemic has put everything upside down. So I wouldn't see giving up Alanya to bring Lautaro Martinez as a as an insane proposition from Inter. I think it would make sense. And, you know, the guy's just 21, 22. So when he's 26, 27, we may be able to buy him back um, if he really has exploded in Italy, which could potentially happen. Um, as to Nelson Semedo going, I think Nelson Semedo is our best right back uh, from a defensive perspective. But I, I also do know that Sergio Roberto has improved defensively over the years and that Roberto moving forward seems to be the, the most efficient, combinative approach. I think uh, Semedo is more explosive. But, you know, if um, giving up Alanya and Semedo bring you a world-class player in Lautaro, who obviously is Argentinian, already knows Leo Messi really well, I think that that's a no-brainer, really. I'm assuming Inter would like some more millions to go along the package, but to be honest, if that's, if that's the deal, I, I would definitely take it. Well, yeah, I think we're starting with talking about Rakitic and Vidal. You have two players over 30, and you don't really have a lot of negotiating power in, in offloading those players. And we've known that for quite some time. You could tell in January that phone calls were certainly made about those two. And with the way that the season shook out and the way that Setien kind of came into a place where Alenia was, was loaned out, where Ricky Pooh still wasn't going to get uh, any ability to get into the first team. And Setien has even come out this week. And I think some of his words have been taken out of context a little bit, too, about how none of the younger youngsters have really impressed him. He's been impressed by Alice Callado, seemingly more than Ricky Pooge. And now Ricky Pooge, you know, could be on his way on loan to Real Betis. But I think all of that also is just being drummed up in a time where there isn't much other news going on. To the Nelson Semedo point, I think it's really interesting because if Semedo were to leave, then Barcelona are obviously desperate for whether it is Sergio Roberto they trust as the starting right back once again, you still need a second, a B option. Or for Roberto and Semedo, it's always been 1A and 1B. So you really need basically a starter at right back. And is it that Barca believe that they could get Emerson quickly? Because I, I, again, I've, I've liked him as an attacking right back. I think he has, when pressured to do some defensive work, I think he can do those things, but I also think that now you're also talking about a center back that is a little more mobile than PK, and you also wonder about the health of Umtiti, who this week said that he wants to stay at the club. So I, 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 what we're getting to here is that a Lotaro deal, because I think for now the club, we can put Neymar out of our minds for at least a few more weeks because how much he's going to cost us doesn't seem to match up with what's going to happen with the market due to the pandemic. But when it comes to Lotaro Martinez... There is a domino effect that if you offload him for other players or get rid of him for other players, then you're going to have to cover those spots. Because I want to remind you that there were just 14 first team players, along with Ansu Fadi, who were floating around the first team at the end of this season. There, there was, there's so few bodies, right? And even if you say a name like, oh, we should sell Usmane Dembele, well then someone has to be brought in to replace him, right? Or, well, Trincao is obviously on the way as well. I want to mention that as well. But so Trincao is on the way, but then you speak about, well, if Antoine Griezmann try to throw him into some kind of deal as well, but he seems to be a guy that's going to want to settle. The reason I mentioned Griezmann here too is because I feel like with Lotaro, part of my fear is that like in any saga, players get overrated. And I feel like Lotaro is getting to that point and certainly will get there if Barca lose a deal. Because I want to look at some of what Lotaro, what he is 
at Inter and kind of what that might fit in at Barcelona. Just looking at his expected goals this year compared to Luis Suarez, a 0.68 expected goals for Luis Suarez, 0.61 for Lautaro Martinez. So even in, in Inter's situation where he and Lukaku almost share the responsibility of putting the ball in the back of the net, it was still less than the expected goals of Suarez. But that said, Martinez does not play with Lino Messi, and Messi sets up Suarez a ton. So you could say it like that. Lautaro does take more opportunities, 4.46 shots per game compared to 3.66 from Suarez, as well as more touches in the box. He's dispossessed a little bit more. The, really one, the one I really like here, though, is that his aerial duels or aerial wins for Lotaro, 0.97 per match compared to 0.28 for Suarez. So he's a little bit more of a threat in the aerial sense of things, as well as successful dribbles, 1.77 to 1.41 for Suarez. And most importantly, I think here, the pressure regains, which is an interesting stat that I'm not going to get into exactly what it breaks down to, but 4.89 for 2.61. And this is the real pro. This is where I don't think Lataro Martinez is going to be overrated because his pressing ability is going to be paramount moving forward for Barcelona. That's one of the main reasons you're getting him to bring pressing pressure up top. He is an athlete and he is somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net when put in opportunities on the foot of Messi and hopefully of Griezmann, Dembele and whoever might be around him, even Coutinho could return. The issues here though, Francesca, that I would have with Lataro Martinez, but I think I think this takes more into account patience with the player. So let's put it this way. I think Latour Martinez is still the right bet for this year, but you're going to have to understand it's going to take probably a year. Think about Griezmann. It's going to take about a year for him to get assimilated to the way Barca play because his role for Inter at the moment is dropping in deep and facilitating and you're going to have similar problems with Messi in those spaces that you had with Griezmann and Coutinho. Latoro Martinez is going to have to change the way he plays. Is he a number nine? Yes, he's 22 years old. He can certainly learn and certainly change. But if he's going to be dropping in and facilitating as well, along with Messi and almost rotating in those spots, you're going to put more pressure on the fullbacks if he's going to play in the middle. So if you get rid of Nelson Semedo for Latoro Martinez, defensively, you're going to have to bring in a fullback that might be able to defend a little bit. Again, Jordi Alba is not getting any younger and they're thinking about offloading Junior Furbo. There are rumors of that as well. So then big question mark come to the fullback. And Frances, I would say before you respond to this, let's hit a break. Then we're going to get your response. Then we're going to hear from our special guests. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Exclusive partner Bet Online still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, Frances, I gave you a whole earful about Latoro Martinez before that break. So how did it shake out for you as what, where he could fit for Barcelona? How much would Barca be willing to pay for the patience of a player that might not fit in right away, but honestly, surely be the best bet for a long term? Well, yeah, I think that the last part of what you just mentioned is, is the key. He's a long-term solution. Um, you were comparing Luis Suarez to, to Lautaro. I don't think many players would actually compare to Luis Suarez ever because he's one of the best goal scorers that the world football has ever seen. For sure. Um, Certainly in the last 10 years. And um, even at 32, 33 years old that he is now, I think that those stats that you mentioned are are remarkable. You know, Um, obviously he plays at Barca, meaning that Barca normally 
in a normal world would score many more goals than Inter Milan do, even if they're in the Serie A. Uh, Italian football is normally more defensive as well, and the ratio per game seems to be, in my experience, lower than it is in La Liga. Uh, I haven't looked at the stats this, this season, but it's normally like that. So I would say that if Lautaro has a production at Inter, and you know, I do take the point that he's one of the two main strikers, but if his production at Inter is on par with Luis Suarez, I think that, that speaks for itself. Also, the addition of Lautaro would spur Luis Suarez on. He said it is himself. You know, he said that if he had someone that basically would be challenging for his position, that would help him to move that step further. And uh, I think that the, the timelines of um, Luis Suarez and Lautaro actually do align uh, because, you know, Luis Suarez in one, two, three years, probably two years, uh, should really be on his way out unless he becomes a, you know, super, super substitute in the last 20, 30 minutes. Um, and I think Lautaro could, you know, do that shift with him in the same way that Julie did with the young Messi at the time. Um, so I don't really see that as a problem. Now, do you give up Griezmann to bring Lautaro? Do you give up Dembélé to bring Lautaro? Do you give up even Coutinho? Well, given the, the situation of the pandemic around the world, and obviously, and I have not seen this confirmed, but everything indicates that transfers should really decrease unless, you know, Newcastle United with a new influx of money explodes the market, which quite likely will happen as well. I do think that Barca are going to need the money from either the sale of Dembélé or Coutinho. I think Coutinho is the first uh, first one on his way out, really, because he's got a great market, especially in the Premiership, clearly, because, you know, he came from Liverpool before and he was fairly good then. And um, I do think that all of the money that, that could be made out of sales, potential sales, is going to help Barca fill in the gaps, especially if they need to give up important pieces to bring Lautaro to the Camp Nou. Yeah, I think an important part of Coutinho, too, is looking at what he's done at Bayern Munich. He's been fine at Bayern. He has not been so amazing that Bayern want to buy him. Also, Bayern have a way of taking the best German, young German talents and getting them to want to play for Bayern Munich because they win every Bundesliga. So that's also helpful why Coutinho, Bayern are not a team that's willing to shell out cash, even though they're one of the top sides in the world. Coutinho also has, you mentioned the Premier League, he still has that marketability. One of the big reasons Barca wanted him, I think even more so than probably his talent, is that because he's Brazilian, there is a lot of money you make on the back end through, you know, through shirt sales and market deals and all these different things that uh, Brazilian players seem to attract a lot of money on the non-football side of things. So, yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it for now, Francesco, with this Latara Martinez debate and argument. It's not really much of a debate. I think Kool-Aid and everyone agrees, even the club agrees that this is the player that they want. I think not unlike a Frankie de Jong situation where the timeline just works out well that Lotaro, as you said, he's 22. He's going to be reaching his peak just as Suarez. And I don't foresee that renaissance coming just because of the knees, not even about his playing ability, because you're right. He is one of the top strikers ever. And I think if when football were to apparently this week, again, the news has been that the Champions League is nearing the end of August as a, a time that they're trying to, you know, get in some of those knockout matches and it seems like Luis Suarez Barca is an older team so it might take them a little bit longer time to get fit and we've seen whether it was a 1999 NBA lockout older teams tend to struggle when you kind of throw them right back into the fire it's the younger players the younger fitter players in their early 20s and teams that are built like that that wind up hitting the ground running just kind of catch fire at the right time it is really like a a world cup or a tournament like that and so older teams like again writ with PK and Suarez and what have you, or Bruschetti, that players who are over the age of 30, Jordi Alba, it might take them a little time to get get where they need to go. However, Luis Suarez is a big game player, and with Suarez back in tow 
in whatever, whenever football comes back for Barcelona is a good place to be. So, so we're in a good place in this podcast because we are going to be speaking to our special guest from the NYC, Pena, in just a sec. But Frances, that's it for you today. Thanks so much, buddy. Forza. Now time for our special guest. For the second half of the show, I've got with me the president of the local New York City Pena, Jordi, and the vice president, Rob, again, from the local NYC Pena, and the official partner of the Barcelona podcast, as well, I should mention. They have been so kind to join the show to give a quick update on the situation with the Penas, as well as the New York Kicks coronavirus initiative that is currently going on. So Jordi, Rob, Rob, I'll let you answer this first. How are you guys holding up? Oh, we're doing well. You know, staying indoors, working from home. That part has been a little bit of a challenge with, because uh, I am an educator, so teaching from home. Then I have a 10-month-old who wants to join. She wants to be a, also wants to be a teacher. So that, that part has been a challenge. But thankfully, we're all doing well. You know, as long as everyone stays home, we, we should definitely get through this. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks so much for having us on, Dan. It's, a, it's, a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, in these days when uh, there's no football, it, it seems uh, somewhat foreign, but we're, we're really happy to hear your voice and, and be back with, uh, with the podcast. Yeah, we're, ho- we're holding on. It's uh, everybody, you know, we've all had uh, either friends or family members that have been affected by COVID. Unfortunately, here in New York City, that's, that's just the reality of what we're going through. We are hoping that as much as possible, just like Rob said, people stay safe and healthy. And, uh, and can't wait uh, for us to come out of this in, in a way that is much more positive than right now. So hopefully football can help us on the way. Yeah, well, speaking of positive, though, and for all that we can do from inside our homes, the Penas, and in particular the Penas in New York City, have an initiative called the New York Kicks Coronavirus. And if you guys just want to explain what that is, I'll put the links down in the description. People can check that out, help out any way they can as well. So what is the New York Kicks Coronavirus Initiative? Yeah, thanks, Dan. It, it's definitely it's a, an initiative that arose rather spontaneously, actually, from different presidents of uh, of supporters groups, uh, supporters fans groups in the city that had been wanting to figure out something that we could do together to show unison, to show that we're New Yorkers, to show that we um, want to tackle this difficult situation in in the way that we most positively can and and you know this was back um almost three weeks ago that we talked about it and things were getting worse here in new york city so we we decided that the one target that we could uh, try to hit was to try to help out the best we could using our resources with uh the lack of materials and different types of supplies and protective gear for our healthcare professionals so we, we all very quickly agree there's a, about, I think the la- latest count is 36 Peñas or 36 supporters clubs uh, that have come together from La Liga. We have obviously uh, Football Club Barcelona, but uh, Betis and Atleti Madrid, also Valencia have come together. Um, then there are also teams from other, other leagues such as Roma. Roma has been critical in uh, putting this together too uh, at a practical level. So we want to thank them for that. Uh, English teams, uh, PSG as well. So we came together very quickly over a weekend and agreed that we would reach out to all of our membership and supporters to try to get them to fund um, a nonprofit that works directly with healthcare professionals in the public uh, hospitals here in New York City. And um, in a matter of, you know, we we went live two Tuesdays ago and within 24 hours, we'd already raised 
I think it was close to $6,000. At latest count, we're up to $36,000 that we've raised altogether, which makes us very happy, as you might imagine, to, to be able to contribute in, in what way we can. Obviously, that's not the biggest chunk of money, but I think that one thing that we've seen is that across New York, uh, different types of volunteer groups are coming together, and it makes us feel proud to be part of that, a little part of it anyway. Yeah, and I think it is a reminder that there is not only a Barcelona community, which I think online and when the season's going on and everyone has their different lives, it feels like everyone is so separate. But not only are you reminded that there is, that is what a Pena is. It is a community of people that follow one team in one location, sure. But the football family exists. And that is what's happening is that it's not even just football. It's the whole world is combating this one thing as one unit. And certainly any little bit helps in this fight. And again, a reminder that these are communities. And another one of the communities that got together, I just want to get some of the information from the conference that was held online from the presidents of the Americas, the different Peñas, that being the Barcelona Peñas throughout the Americas, just I want to check in and how the plan there and some of the information that was garnered there that you can uh, explain about combating COVID-19. Yeah. So basically a few days ago, all the presidents from, uh, well, actually most of the presidents from different Pena's across the Americas, North, South, Central, uh, Caribbean, got together in a Zoom meeting. And we, we discussed along with uh, Jose Maria Barnils, the director of FC Barcelona, who is in charge of international Pena's. We, we discussed... Um, you know where everybody was, what type of uh, situation they were enduring in their own in their own cities, and at the same time we we discussed actions that each Pena is taking to try to help out or to help out either locally, um, as we have been trying to do here in New York City, or even just uh, reaching out to their members to try to make sure everybody's okay. A reminder that there are communities here now. I want to mention before all of this kind of went away and we haven't been able to talk to both you, Jordi and Rob in a while. But before this all went down and we had an El Clasico a few weeks prior to that, I just want to take you back to one of the last times where the communities were together. What happened at the New York version of the mini El Clasico played between the two Pena teams this year? Well, unlike our season, which has been a roller coaster, uh, we were the garbage truck. (laughs) Um, So we got together the Friday before the Mini Classico, which is, has become a little tradition now. The two clubs got together. So we um, got together with the Madrid supporters. And both uh, teams for the supporters clubs got together in Chelsea uh, to have our little Mini Classico. And like I mentioned before, we were the garbage truck. Uh, we, we went in there and, and took care of business and left. We won the game. And then we had what they called El Tercer Tiempo, which Jordi could tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, Tercer Tiempo is a tradition, an old tradition in <laughs> not just Spanish uh, soccer, but, uh, but across, I think also in England, I think is maybe where it even started, where you have a, it's a tradition in rugby as well, where you have, after the game, you get together, the two teams get together for drinks, and they call that the third half. So, you know, Rob uh, will tell us about what actually happened, uh, because uh, it seems it was a very interesting get-together. So both teams got together and we had a nice evening. We got together, put rivalries aside, uh, Upper 90, which sponsored the event, raffled off some jerseys. Uh, Both teams, uh, you know, they were able to come together, talk about the game. And thankfully, our team was able to carry the trophy out of the bar at the end of the night. Uh, We have a trophy kind of like the Stanley Cup. So the winner of each, uh, it's one trophy. And the winner of the game gets to keep it until the next game. 
And a reminder, too, that you can go on the Barcelona Podcast YouTube channel page. You can see what happened at last year's match. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to this year's, but that's two-game winning streak, if I'm not mistaken, for the New York City-Barcelona Pena. So there Correct. is a little bit of uh, foot skills there where, where there with the Barcelona Pena. Indeed, indeed, Dan. And I just want to remind the listeners that it's two games out of two. So we have a perfect record against uh, the Real Madrid Pena. <laughs> I'm quite proud of that. And now, unfortunately, though, Barcelona, obviously in El Clasico, this latest El Clasico, weren't able to get that result. But Jordi, you did make a, an appearance on the El Clasico preview show. So I, I would say, you know, not to toot your own horn too much, but what's the difference between featuring on the Barcelona podcast or actually featuring on FC Barcelona's El Clasico preview show? Uh, it's, it's actually a much more pleasant uh, experience to talk to you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> they've, got, they've got so many people behind. Their, their, their production team is quite... Um, excitable and uh, at times tense and it kind of transmits to you if you're not ready at the right moment and uh, don't seem to be informed on what they're going to ask you they get a little nervous but uh, so this is much more relaxed and, and uh, that said though it was it was a lot of fun it's uh, it's always good to promote our Pena uh, internationally especially when it comes to FC Barcelona TV we are very proud to have been on there and uh, we really appreciate them collaborating with us they I think that FC Barcelona uh, as a club and also their fans have always had a special place in our heart for New York City fans. Uh, we've always uh, gotten very well uh, along together and, and we're very proud to be part of this bigger family. Yeah, and just to speak to your Pena a little bit as, as a member myself, uh, oddly enough, that the New York City Pena and I think LA works in the same way, that they are quite interesting locations simply because New York and LA, you have a lot of people passing through in ways that a lot of other the uh, a lot of the other, especially North America Pena's that I speak to or I'm in contact with and and know people at. Uh, you just you have a lot of the same core people at some of those other Pena's, but in New York City, sixty percent or fifty percent of the people visiting the Pena might just again be passing through New York City on their way through travels, or they just discovered the Pena and they wind up not coming back as much as you know you try to keep people in. But uh, yeah, it winds up just being a lot of different faces and a different atmosphere each and every game it's not just the same core group of people so before i let you guys go though i want to get your uh, and this is the unfortunate part of it if the 2019-20 season has come to an end and it looks like things i, I don't know again we know nothing so at this point we're still going to say it's 50 50 where the season would end i guess they would say barca are champions at least of the liga and champions league who knows what would happen there but i want to if this is the final result or the final ending to the 2019-2020 season i just want to get both your thoughts uh, rob you go first well, I will tell you the truth. I will be extremely relieved. This season has been a total roller coaster. Um, at times, it looked like we just weren't ready to play. And at times, we look like the most dominant team in the league. So I will be completely relieved. Uh, I know some people have said it's not fair. They should finish the season. But at the end of the day, we are on top. So why not? Um, I, I'll, I'll still take the championship. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Rob. It, it, was, it has been a roller coaster um, season. At the same time, though, th there is talk that maybe at the end of the summer they'll wrap up the, the league uh, in, a, in sort of a quick manner. We'll see. If not, I would definitely, uh, I wouldn't mind the league ending right now because uh, we, at least it would seem to me to be logical that we get the trophy because we are leaders. Uh, at the same time, there might be also some, an extra bonus added to it. Because if it did end right now, we might see Espanol go down the second division, which would not be a bad thing. Right. And interestingly enough, as much as people want to put an asterisk on the end of it, you look back through not only Spanish history, but uh, the way the world works, 
Uh, just like with coronavirus, what's happening big picture in the world, it sometimes does bleed over into what's happening in football. And so this would not be the only championship in at least Spanish football history that has a little bit of an asterisk next to it. Exactly, exactly. And, and, the, and I think you bring up a really interesting point because in the past, uh, there have been um, leagues that have been cut short or that are different than normal. And, and those asterisks are placed there. So it would be unfortunate if that asterisk was added, but at the same time, uh, there is a fairness, I think, to understanding that we are, we have been uh, competing, even though uh, as Barca fans, we're not totally happy with how the season went. The reality is that at this point, we're leaders. Uh, you know, some people are even joking around that it's been well over a month that uh, Barca is has been leading the league now since they retook the lead, and so uh, you know, Setien is doing quite well. <laughs> of course, no good played, but yeah, I think that there's a logic to keeping to making this uh, be the end of the season. If we're going to end it, then the the way we stand right now should be what goes down as the official end of it. Well, Jordy, Rob, I want to thank you guys so much for joining me on the show, talking about the New York Kicks Coronavirus Initiative, and I want to again tell you guys and everybody involved at Any Pena to continue to stay safe. And I want to thank you again so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, Dan. It's always a pleasure. And thanks for promoting uh, coronavirus. We, we, we're very passionate about it. And thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in again to another edition of the Barcelona Podcast. You can tap in your app, check out the show notes to subscribe. You can find us on social media, too. We're on Twitter, at the Barcelona Pod, or at HiltonD13 for me. On Instagram, at the Barcelona Pod. Our closed Facebook group is tbpod.link backslash group. Deeper dives, discussions, all that. Also on Patreon, even though we're not making the quick take match reviews for the time being, you continue to help us make these shows at tbpod.link backslash Patreon. Again, I cannot say thank you enough that the Patreon amount has actually gone up since this all happened. We just to help out the podcast and i'm so appreciative of those who've helped out there we're also on youtube at the barcelona podcast in this trying time as all we can do is look back at the past the barcelona podcast youtube channel as well as this podcast here obviously is the place to be so check us out there hit that subscription button give us some likes on some videos it really helps out finally i want to remind you down in the description is a new york kicks coronavirus initiative link that we discussed with jordy and rob so help out down there as well it goes right to the healthcare workers in the new york city area so if if you are in the greater New York City area or have ties to New York City, again, just hit that link and help them out there. So thanks so much again for listening to the Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon in Forza Barca. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.